The Stoic Jew podcast content for the month of May has been made possible by Dan Horowitz, who has graciously taken up my experimental request for an accountability sponsorship in hopes that this will result in more Stoic Jew content. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. So you may have noticed that I have not posted an episode since February 1st, and uh, I once again find myself at a bit of a roadblock, but this is a different kind of roadblock than the usual. So let me walk you through the timeline. On February 1st in uh, 2023, I had to think about the year for a second, I made the episode entitled Preparing to Grieve for Popo, my 98-year-old grandmother. Okay, so that was on a Wednesday. Uh, sorry, yeah, that was on a Wednesday. So on Thursday at 7.15 a.m., then I received the call from my mom uh, informing me that Popo had died. Um, and uh, so the timing actually was very good that I went through that preparation, that mental preparation uh, by recording the podcast, because uh, even though obviously I was very sad to hear the news, then it, uh, I, I think thinking about this helped me. And actually my mom told me that she was in the middle of listening to my podcast episode when, when, when she got the news. So, um, that was, uh, that was on at 7 15 AM on Thursday, February 2nd. Then three hours later, I received the news that one of the last students I had taught in Shalhavit in the high school that I taught at before the pandemic, um, one of the students, Adira Kofsky, who was in her uh, her her gap year program in Israel, uh, died in a tragic car accident. Uh, a car lost control in the rain and struck her uh, as she was walking, and uh, and she she died. And she was uh, she was eighteen and a half years old. And uh, the news of that really ripped through me. Uh, and uh, and the 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 fact that it happened so soon after Popo died kind of uh, did strange things to my grieving process because Popo's death was expected and Adira's death was not uh, at all and uh, and just so tragic. And then one of my own, I basically canceled everything that day, and then one of my own students, um, Yehoshua, offered to uh, let me kind of engage in a quasi-shiva process of like, you know, talking yeah, you know, we we had a, a scheduled chavrusa that afternoon, and um, and we were going to uh, you know we were going to be learning. But then he said, you know, if you want to just take that time to just uh, talk about Pablo and Adira, then then uh, I would I would be you know I, I would be happy to facilitate that. And so I thanked him, and then an hour later he he texted me to tell me that his mother had died. And then at the end of the day, I found out that the passenger in the car that killed Adira was the father-in-law of one of my friends and uh, and teachers and he also died. So it was uh four deaths on one day and uh two people who I knew very well and two people who I didn't know but were still connected to these other two people or to two people who I did know and uh that was on February 2nd and it was a a roller coaster of a week uh for the next uh for the next week. And you know at several points throughout the week, I did consider using the Stoic Jew podcast as a platform for processing my feelings and sharing things. And then after after Shiva was over for, for these individuals, um, uh, well, not for Pablo because she's not Jewish, but for, for the three Jewish individuals who died, then I kind of I considered making a reflection on an episode that to reflect on on what I had gone through and what I had learned. 
but frankly, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of wanted to move on. Um, and it's not like I didn't reflect on these things. In fact, I wrote a lot more personal stuff than I usually write. I wrote this and shared it on Facebook and in my WhatsApp group. And uh, I published most of it on my Substack, rabbishnewis.substack.com. Uh, and on Friday, I did actually, this last Friday, I did write a, uh, a reflection on my grieving process. Uh, but once I got through all of that, then I, you know, I, I, I felt like, okay, it, it is time to move on. And, uh, and, uh, I, you know, of course I don't want to say that, uh, that all of the sadness and grief is gone, but I, you know, I was done with that. And so, so, but I, it kept on nagging at me that like, this is what stoicism, uh, prepares us for. And I did employ stoic techniques to, uh, to, to process what was going on as it was happening. And, uh, after the fact, and I feel like it would be shortchanging the listeners of this podcast to not share any of that. So that was my quandary. And, uh, and as a result of that quandary, I haven't made any, any episodes until now. So I think in order to, and I, I don't see any, foresee any end of this quandary. I'm, I, I knowing myself, I'm just going to keep spinning my wheels, uh, and, and going back and forth until I just don't end up making any episodes for a while. So instead of doing that, I think I want to just state one insight, uh, uh or one thought about stoicism and Judaism on this topic and then that will be my mati or my license to move on. Okay. So if you are interested in, in the insights that came about through my grieving process, then I will link all of the Substack articles uh, below in the show notes. But, and I encourage you to read that because that is where I reflected on everything in, in a public way. Um, and I think that there are valuable insights that I came away with and I hope hopefully conveyed through my writing. But today I just want to focus on one simple uh, other insight. Okay. So I'm going to do something I don't usually do, which is to read a piece from Ryan Holiday. Okay, uh, so Ryan Holiday is one of the the uh, stoic uh, stoicism content producers out there who does, in my opinion, a very good job. I know some people are critical of him, but I, I uh, for you know watering down the teachings, I, I don't find that at all. I think he's very good, and I subscribe to. I use his uh, daily stoic book. Uh, and have, you know, read uh, the entry for each day. And then I also have uh, a subscription to his Daily Stoic email. And this is the email from May 10th, 2022. Okay, and the reason why I'm reading this is not only because it's good, but because I don't know, he refers to to some sources and he doesn't cite them. So mo because most of them are biographical. So uh, I, I, I don't know where to cite them. So this is the closest thing I could do to reading it firsthand. So very short email. He says, we know that Marcus Aurelius cried when he was told that his favorite tutor passed away. We know that he cried that day in court when he was overseeing a case and the attorney mentioned the countless souls who perished in the plague that had ravaged Rome. We can imagine Marcus cried many other times. This was a man who was betrayed by one of his most trusted generals. This was a man who lost his wife of 35 years. This was a man who lost eight children, including all but one of his sons. Marcus didn't weep because he was weak. He didn't weep because he was unstoic. He cried because he was human, because these very painful experiences made him sad. Antoninus, Marcus's stepfather, seemed to be a bit more in touch with his emotions than his young stepson. He seemed to understand how hard Marcus worked to master his temper and his ambitions and his temptations, and that this occasionally made him feel bottled up. So, when his stepson's tutor died and he watched the boy sob uncontrollably, he wouldn't allow anyone to try to calm him down or remind him of the need for a prince to remain his composure. Quote from Antoninus, neither philosophy nor empire takes away natural feeling. Uh, end quote. The same goes for you. No matter how much philosophy you've read, no matter how much older you've gotten, or how important your position, or how many eyes are on you, it's okay to cry. 
You're only human. It's okay to act like one. Okay, so that's Marcus Aurelius's grief. Okay, now compare that to uh, Epictetus, who I've read this many times as an example of 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 what I see as one of the biggest problems in Epictetus's brand of Stoicism, uh, and uh, and also I think uh, is bad for <laughs> for branding purposes because it promotes the the Stoic with a lowercase s definition of someone who is unfeeling. Okay, so so. Uh, Epictetus writes, well, I guess he doesn't write this, his student uh, Arian, uh, who wrote all of, uh, wrote down all of his teachings, writes in the handbook in the Enchiridion, chapter 3. With respect to any of those things you find attractive or useful or have a fondness for, we call to mind what kind of a thing it is, beginning with the most trifling. So, if you are fond of an earthenware pot, say, I am fond of an earthenware pot. Then, you will not be upset if it gets broken. When you kiss your child or wife, say that you are kissing a human being, a mortal. Then, should they die, you will not be distressed. So again, I think that that is uh, is absolutely uh, wrong and detrimental. If a person were to to uh, attempt to adhere to that philosophy, I think it would lead to to uh, to suppressing natural feeling and emotions, and uh, and that is only going to end in disaster and prolong the suffering and the grieving, and uh, and is going to be very uh, very bad. So I, I'm not going to take any <laughs> steps to uh, or any pains to hide the fact that I took the approach of Marcus Aurelius. Uh, which was uh, on that Thursday and really for several days uh, afterwards, I allowed myself to cry whenever I felt like crying. And uh, and sometimes the crying was as the result of just thinking about all the deaths that happened that day, thinking about my relationships with uh, with Popo and with Adira. Um, and sometimes it just was prompted uncontrollably, you know. Um, sometimes it was as a result of someone reaching out and asking how I'm doing. Sometimes it was... You know, I uh, I couldn't for the first I don't know maybe five or six days I couldn't talk about Adira without starting to cry, um, and so I think that that was very very good for me. And I think allowing allowing myself to feel what I was feeling, but the the key thing being allowing myself to feel was the uh, was what really helped me through my grief, and also allowing myself to express it express my thoughts and feelings in writing in a genuine manner. That was really what I wrote about in uh, my my article this past Friday, uh, that instead of attempting to, I don't know, to uh, put up a, a front uh, and and convey insights in a detached, abstract manner, I allowed myself to teach and 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 convey these ideas as I thought and felt them. And that I think really helped me. And so that's why I I really gravitate towards Marcus Aurelius. And I think Seneca also, I, I don't have a quote about uh, grief from Seneca, but if you just read Seneca's writings, it's it's clear that he he wrote about his genuine feelings and his emotions. And I think that that's much healthier than the way that, uh, I don't know if this is actually Epictetus's, the way he presented himself or just the way that his student presented his his uh, teacher's uh, uh, ideas. But Epictetus does come across as someone who's suppressing natural feeling. Now, since this is the Stoic Jew podcast, and since uh, I am a Jew, and since this is the procedure I followed, I want to conclude with what I think is the best approach, which is that of the Rambam, which I'm, I'm sure I've read this in some episode before. This is in the Mishnah Torah, Sefer Shoftim, Hilchos Evil. So the uh, the Book of Judges in the Laws of Mourning, Chapter Thirteen, uh, Halachos uh, Eleven and Twelve. He says, "Al Yiskasha Adam Al Meso Yeser Midai." A person should not literally Yiskasha Al uh, means uh, be hard on himself uh, over his his uh, his over the deceased. 
excessively. As it says in Jeremiah 22, 10, do not cry for the dead and do not uh, not, and don't nod your head for him, okay, which the Ramam explains, Klomar, this means to say, yes or me die. It means excessively. In other words, don't cry excessively or nod your head excessively. I don't really know what the nodding of the head business is. Shezehu min olam, because this is the way of the world, meaning death is the way of the world. Someone who, who makes himself suffer over the way of the world is an idiot. Ella, ketad yase, rather what should he do? Shlosha lebechi, Three days for crying, Shiva lehesped. The remaining um, days of of Shiva, meaning from day, uh, you know, from after three days until until seven, is for eulogizing. Uh, I mean, sorry, all those seven days are for eulogizing. But in other words, three days uh, is for crying. The full seven days is for hesped, for eulogizing. Shloshim yom lishar and then the thirty days uh, is for the the uh, adhering to the prohibitions of, of getting your hair cut and the other five um, uh, prohibitions of, of Shloshim. And then he says, but anyone who does not mourn as the sages commanded, this person is cruel uh, or indifferent. Achzari, uh, my understanding is it's a compound word from achzar, only a stranger, meaning that you're you're breaking identification and you're distancing yourself from uh, from you know you're usually your fellow human being. Ella, rather yifchad v'yidag v'fashbeish b'masa v'yachzar b'tshuva. Rather, a person should should fear and worry and analyze his actions and return into shuva. And if a member of your social group dies, then the entire social group should should worry and fear and engage in teshuva in the manner described above. And then he goes on to explain how to do that, which I'm not going to talk about today. So this, in my opinion, is the genius of halakha, right? Because you hear you have, you have Epictetus on the one hand, who is saying, don't grieve and don't mourn. Okay, and I think that's inhuman. And you have Marcus Aurelius, who, again, I don't have a statement from him, but who has a sort of, you know, uh, who holds that it's okay to give into the natural feeling and it's human, and that's fine, but that, as the Raman points out, could get carried away. In other words, a person could could end up uh, not moving on from that and uh, and being mitzayr al min hagosha olam and being distressed about the way of the world and that person would be, uh, in, in very you know judgmental terms, a tipesh, a fool, right? And that's really why Epictetus takes his approach of saying, well, you know, earthenware pods break. So if it breaks, what did you expect to happen? And human beings die. Well, what did you expect to happen? You know, but but halacha really allows it provides a framework for the natural feelings, but then guides those natural feelings towards truth and and reality and away from fantasy and falsehood and. I only read a little bit of the you know one one halacha two halachas here in in the laws of mourning. But anyone who has either studied or even just read the laws of mourning sees how instrumental the structure of the laws of mourning, uh, uh, how instrumental laws of mourning can be in helping you to process your feelings in a healthy way. So I think that that I'm not making any new any new points here, but I think going through this process or really watching the the the, the whole pro, uh, system of Hilchos Avelos, of the Laws of Mourning, kick into gear, uh, both with my um, with my uh, my students and her, uh, my students' family, and then uh, who, sorry, both of them are my students, with my, with my student Adira's family who lost her, and uh, and then my student Yehoshua who lost his mother, and then paying the shiva calls to both of these places, and, and then 
you know, uh, talking about and thinking about the Shiva process and Shloshim and all these laws really helped me to appreciate how uh, how insightful Judaism is at walking that balance between natural human feeling and uh, and 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 reality, uh, which is uh, which, again, is, is, is epitomized by Marcus Aurelius on the one hand and then Epictetus on the other. OK, so I'm hoping that now that I've made this episode, then I will be able to make normal episodes again and this will uh free up my writer's block my uh my podcaster's block and uh and allow me to make more content because there's a lot of other insights that i want to talk about and i hope to get to that next week okay that is it for today's episode again i will uh, i've included the links to those articles i wrote in my grief uh in the show notes so if you're interested in that then please check it out and also please uh subscribe to my my uh, Substack. i uh have so far kept up with the goal uh, except during my uh, my vacation of writing an article per week. And most of the time, these are one-page articles on the Parsha. Uh, and uh, occasionally you got a, a little bit of a longer one like this past Friday. Okay, that's it for, for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah content fund, my Venmo is at Matt-Schneeweiss, and my Zell and PayPal are matchschneeweiss at gmail.com. I also mentioned recently, if you want to set up a recurring payment so that Patreon doesn't get uh, their cut, then feel free to set up a recurring payment on uh, on through Chase uh, or through whatever other services make recurring payments. I don't know what's available. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you'd like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you're interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.